This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. If you're enjoying this podcast in Manawatu, you could make your very own, just like this one. NPR exists to help people like you tell your story or share your passion on air and online. Check out npr.nz for more information. Hello there, how are you doing? It's uh, Kevin Riley here, and welcome to Irish Time here on the Manotou People's Radio in uh, Palmerston North on a beautiful sunny day. It is absolutely gorgeous. There's a bit of a breeze, which is wonderful. It kind of keeps all that extensive heat off your skin and uh, makes you tired after a while when you're walking. Anyway, I'm going to start here with a, a, a little bit of news from various papers in Ireland. Okay, well... I found this kind of intriguing and sad as well. Uh, what do you call it? A gang stole six tractors and a forklift and ripped up the heart of one of Ireland's most scenic villages. Uh, the gang stole the machinery from a yard at Bree, Marl in County Donegal in the early hours of Monday morning, uh, between 4.30 and 5.30. The couplers then drove the vehicles to the green at uh, the town centre. Ireland's most northerly visit and well worth a tourism visit. They get a lot of tourists as well, apparently. The gang then used the vehicle to drive around the green in circles, causing a large amount of damage in the area. The heavy machines were all left at the scene as the gang fled on foot. Locals awoke uh, on the bank holiday Monday to find their village completely torn up by these vandals. Uh, the town, the Marlin town has a rich history uh, in Ireland's tidy town competitions and won the overall event uh, the last time there was 1991. Local councillor Martin McDermott slammed those behind the incident these people might think this is funny, but it's far from a joke for the people of the town. He worked very hard to keep this area so clean and tidy and looking so well. I would appeal to anyone who knows about this incident. You may have uh, CCTV footage of the incident to contact the guardy, the police, and help those uh, bring those people to justice. Uh, police spokespersons uh, claimed that the, the guardy uh, are investigating the theft of six tractors, etc., etc., and are... Uh, waiting for other people to contact him. Uh, the tractors and the forklift were recovered a few hours later at approximately 9 o'clock uh, at the green area in the township itself. Damage had been caused on the, through the grass area of the town where the machines were recovered. We appeal to anyone who may have witnessed these witness uh, in transit or to get in touch with us as we want to sort this out for once and for all. So good luck to them. You imagine, why, why would you do that? I mean, that's just... I presume that there were possibly locals and it was their own town that they're ripping apart for no apparent reason, just they thought it was a fun. Anyway, government ministers vowed to tackle the drone disruption at Dublin Airport. I, re- I looked a bit at this morning before I came in and it's still going on, the, the disruption for the drones and they've shut down the airport in Dublin and they're going to, you know, over to Belfast and Shannon and other parts of the country. Government ministers have had to tackle the issue of uh, drones disrupting flights at Dublin Airport. Drones that fly in the vicinity of the airport caused disruption to flights there last Friday, Saturday and Sunday and yesterday. Uh, there was a suspension of flight activities on each of the days for, uh, for safety reasons. Airline Ryanair condemned the situation as unacceptable and urged the Irish government, of course it's always the government, that's who you've got to blame somebody, uh, to do something. 
On Tuesday, Minister of Transport, Eamon Ryan, and the Minister of State, Jack Chambers, met with the DAA, the sort of airport authorities, uh, to have a chat about what was going on. In the statement after the meeting, the ministers uh, reiterated that the t- uh, they take this issue very seriously, which you should, because it is a possible um, crash of planes and loss of life. They condemned the unacceptable disruption deposit arising from the incidents over the weekend. The minister said that all relevant bodies had committed to working together to ensure a rapid and effective response to such incidents. Well, it obviously hasn't happened yet because they were, like I said, they did it uh, yesterday again. They say uh, that a drone detection system in operation uh, that gives early warning or legal drone activity is in place. The minister said they will engage across governments, uh, government departments to strengthen the ability to deal with such incidents, including exploring the potential for enhanced technological solutions. Policy framework for unnamed aircraft systems is also in development and will ensure measures of enforcement and compliance. So good luck to them, because that really is, I mean, that's, that's dangerous, full stop. And on about uh, the protests against the migrants that there is in uh, you know, Dublin in particular. Protests in Dublin have gathered to take a stand against the hatred and division caused by far-right rallies targeting refugees. The protest was held on Monday at the GPO on O'Connell Street there and was organised by the United Against Racism organisation and uh, the Lichelle, I think it is, anti-far-right alliance group. It follows an anti-immigration rally in the city on Saturday. There have been growing numbers of gatherings against the housing of asylum seekers in Dublin, along with areas including Cork and Waterford in recent weeks. Following a rise in anti-immigrant uh, s- sentiment, a homeless camp uh, used by migrants in Dublin, uh, Dublin's Ice Town area, was uh, attacked last week by, yeah, last month, sorry, by a group of men armed with baseball bats and sticks. The attack was witnessed by journalists from the Irish Times. Sinn Féin President and Dublin TD, Mary Lou uh, MacDonald, said on Monday that the recent anger against refugees was being stirred up by a very small fringe and said people were not directing anger over housing issues but towards the government. We've had housing emergencies for many years. Lots of people have directed, had direct experience of this crisis. They're living in overcrowded uh, circumstances. They're playing exorbitant rents. They can get a place. If they can get a place, they have a, com- uh, you know, a government uh, to help them, if at all possible, this is a human. This is human frustration and anger. Actually, I think sometimes people haven't haven't been angry enough with this government. I understand all of that anger and the anger that needs to be directed at those in power. <coughs> Excuse me, referring to those promoting anti-immigrant sentiments. He added, "We need to be uh, careful in understanding that this is a small group of very, very, very nasty individuals who are trying to ferment the the, the view of aggression and negativity towards people who are weak." The Irish instinct fundamentally is an instinct of decency. Irish people are decent and welcoming. Good on you, uh, Mary Lou MacDonald, because I agree with that as well, given our history. Speaking of Monday's rally, people before Prophet Dublin TD, uh, Paul Murphy, uh, said the protests against the far right were sending a very strong message, and we will continue to do so, that they are not welcome to participate in our our city and cause havoc and hatred towards people who are in dire straits. Anyway, anyway, we'll call you. St. Bridget's Day the other day, so it was. Why Tangy Day, we had it. We had it on February the 6th. It's usually February the 4th, but I've forgotten the reason, but for this year in, uh, in Ireland, it was held on the 6th of February. 
Uh, what have we got here? Blue Monday is uh, in the rear view. Monday. There's a wee stench in the evenings. And best of all, there's a new holiday coming on February the 6th. Ireland's new bank holiday marks St Bridget's Day. While that day is celebrated on February the 4th, the, bring, uh, the bank holiday will fall uh, actually on the first Monday in February. And it happened to be February the 6th, Waitangi Day over here. Uh, where future St Bridget's uh, Day has fallen on a Friday, the Friday the 1st will be the public holiday. Okay, that Friday the 1st. Uh 2022 saw an extra bank holiday on March the 18th to mark the efforts of frontline workers during the pandemic. The extra day this year becomes a permanent bank holiday in February. This will be the first Irish public holiday named after a woman. Uh, It marks the halfway point between the winter solstice and the equinox, the beginning of spring and the Celtic New Year. So that's good that they're actually, you know, making it a public holiday. But uh, it's true. So St. Bridget was the the first, is the first female uh, you know, public holiday in Ireland. Didn't know that. Anyway, this is something that I find of interest personally. Digging for Britain, prehistoric finds shines light on Neolithic, Neolithic rife. The discovery of Neolithic uh, settlement is helping shed uh, new light on how people lived on the shores of Loch Foyle almost uh, some 5,000 years ago. Archaeologists uncovered evidence of two large rectangular houses dating back to around 3,800 BC during a, a dig there in Londonderry. Neolithical tools, pottery and cooking utensils have also been unearthed. Experts say that dwellings like those found in Derry have rarely been excavated before. Uh, we've got rectangular homes where the period, uh, from that period are seldom found outside of Scotland and Ireland. Um, around uh, Lockfoyle, especially, there are quite a few. Well, it's interesting. It was a highly de- uh, a high density of uh, settlement dated to the early period. That shows around Lockfoyle, there are lots and lots of Neolithical people were living there. Archaeologists seldom have an opportunity to ex- excavate such houses of the type around, found around Derry. They were a short-lived phenomenon. That means it is even more exciting because it didn't last forever and there were few people at that time. Circular dwellings, round houses, are more typical of uh, that period, which occurred between 4000 and 2000 BC. It was when people um, took up agriculture as a way of life and moved away from being nomadic hunters and gatherers. The dairy settlement where it is located and the way it is constructed is evidence of the shift to a more settled way of life. When we were digging, digging in that, you could see how amazing it would have been how deep the foundations were. The soil is good there, and they were in a substantial place with Loch Foyle as a resource. It would have been a beautiful wooded area behind in that, uh, that period. There would, have been, uh, used, there would have been a beautiful landscape. The tools and uh, utensils found are also evidence of the advances made in that period on the, uh, on the island of Ireland. The team from the Northern Archaeology Consultancy, who were called in ahead of the construction of a modern-day housing development, uh, found uh, serrated, serrated tools used to strip bark, unique to Ireland, and a planto convex knife, whatever that is. Uh, later on, in fact, Mrs McGonagall, who is one of the, the head of the running of the dig, as it were, was used as a little bit of everything. Like a, it was a bit like a Swiss knife. Knives like this were used much earlier on the island of Ireland than anywhere else in the, the world, it would seem. Interesting, interesting, interesting. And now, uh, what have we got here? 
This is about an orange man who was uh, moving up the ladder in the orange order, who was uh, murdered his wife. And, uh, you know, that didn't seem to count for anything. Subsidiary and to resolve issues surrounding a decision by the Orange Order to appoint a convicted wife killer to a senior role within the organisation. Uh, the Ulster Unionist Party have said, uh, Stephen Fulton shot his wife, uh, Corinne Fulton, in the head in 1999. He was later convicted of manslaughter. The 77-year-old was jailed for five years. The former uh, Royal Irish Regiment uh, soldier was recently appointed as worshipful, worshipful district master in the Cookstown area. Uh, North Down Alliance uh, member Connie Fagan has branded that decision as disgraceful. It has also uh, emerged that the order's new deputy uh, district minister is mid-UMMP Mark Glasgow. Both men are members of the Cookstown Lodge Number no. 3. And we're recently pictured with each other, uh, you know, having chats and a bit of crack. And that's only declined to comment on the contact. However, a spokesman for the Ulster Unionist Party said, the party is aware of the situation which has arisen with regard to uh, the, the Cookstown District Orange Order Lodge. The party has uh, discussed the matter with Councillor Glasgow and we understand that steps are being taken to resolve it. Alliance uh, member Connie Finnegan, Egan, sorry, who is the party spokesperson on violence against women and girls, said the Orange Order must tackle this problem immediately. Everyone in society must play a role in combating violence against women and girls. That includes individuals and organisations, including including the Orange Order. She urged uh, the Orange Order to rethink his appointment. It is disgraceful that he, he has been appointed. And uh, Sinn MP... Uh, Linda Dillon has called for, for society to take a stronger stance on violence against women. All of society must stand up against this. Uh, yeah, there must be a zero tolerance for uh, any violence and abuse. The Orange Order made no comment when contacted. A former part-time sergeant with the, uh, the, the, the what is it? Who was he with? with the Royal Irish Regiments. Uh, Fulton was 20 years older than his wife, who was 34 when she died. A court heard that Fulton shot his wife in the head in the bedroom after, at their home in uh, old Rectory uh, Heads in Cookstown. It emerged that the murderer had called her husband while he attended a training camp in it and told him that she had met another man. Uh, the justice uh, accepted his action had been substantially impaired by his you know, giving this news. I believe it is, it is against the background that the final straw which precipitated you taking your wife's life occurred when she moved out. But obviously, I don't know, but I'm sure there were other you know, incidents that provoked all this. But it's still, you just don't shoot someone dead. It's as simple as that, period. And what have we got here? A survey. Uh, in Dublin, uh, found that one in five uh, parents stated that some at some point in the last year they did not have enough food to feed their children. The new survey conducted by the research group on behalf of Bernardo's and uh, another, a partner, LDI Ireland, exposed both the provisions and the impact of food poverty in Ireland, found that more than one in seven parents said that they had been regularly unable to afford a main meal for their kids. It is uh, the second survey of the, on this issue with the results uh, between January and February last year. Uh, there were food poverty, energy poverty, and families in trouble all around the country. You know, this is the Republic of Ireland.
More parents have grown worried about their ability to provide for their children with sufficient food. A further 29% of them said they sometimes occasionally worry about being able to provide their children with accommodation and also energy, you know, heating, etc., etc. These findings align with Bernardo's experience of working with vulnerable children and families and communities across Ireland. Parents tell us that they are often going without food themselves in order to feed their kids. That's kind of Reasonably common. It's not uh, you know something that's common to Ireland. I've read in other parts of the world that 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 is happening. You know, but given the global turn down, economic turn down with the war in Ukraine and that absolutely devastating earthquake now in Turkey that has wiped out you know something over twenty thousand people have been found and there's thousands upon thousands yet to be dug out of those uh, you know the buildings that those buildings. That collapsed and there was 50-odd thousand buildings that just, boom, just went down. And a lot of energy is going to that by the United Nations and other major organisations to feed and clothe these people in minus five degrees at night. It's just, it's apocalyptic. It's kind of like hell on earth. You know, you see it on TV, but you have no idea until you were actually there and, you know, and watch, looking at it with your own eyes. I mean, the... Television coverage is good. It gives you some idea. And that's all it is, an idea. And it's absolutely unbelievable. And it's truly, truly sad. And hopefully the rest of the world will come together and, uh, you know, help these people. I think a lot of them are. I was reading there, you know, these groups from 70-odd countries have been sending in uh, rescue operators, their dogs, etc., etc. And the, the countries are far, you know, Far and few between, as they say. I mean, even Israel sent in uh, a gang of people to sort of a lot of crowd, but uh, a team of uh, rescuers. And I think Ireland has sent uh, dogs along with their owners uh, you know, uh, to try and locate children and women and people in general underneath that rubble. I mean, it just, I just, I mean, you can't, words sort of uh, escape me. It's so, so devastating, you know, and it's going on as we speak. You know, you've got nothing but, you know, praise for all those people that are doing the best they can and the people of Turkey and Syria. So all we can do here is give donations if you can, but also say say a prayer for them that things try to, you know, give them some sort of comfort or some kind of, uh, you know, let them know that the rest of the world is actually thinking about them. Anyway, what else have we got here? This is uh, the Tradfest. This is Dublin's Temple Bar Tradfest has stormed the capital once again with more jigs, reels and balladeers than ever. Uh, as the hunting strains off the parting glass floated across Dublin's National Stadium, uh, it was clear that the Devrish were not just a great Irish band but a, a towering milestone on the nation's unending musical journey. Their sellout concert uh, showcasing their 2119 album, The Great Irish Songbook, was one of the undoubted highlights among so many as Dublin was treated to the country's biggest uh, traditional music festival. From the readiest ancient pub in Temple Bar to the classic majestic of St. Patrick's Cathedral and the Great Hall at Mullen High Castle, the music resounded. Thanks to a well-topped-up uh, public transport system, uh, my partner and I... Uh, Roared around the venues on buses and trams at the speed of two teenage river dancers to catch as much music as possible. We based ourselves at the comfortable and very central Trinity City Hotel and were even able to include a few off festival extras like an e- e- tour, 
e-bag tour uh, and a visit to the Irish Immigration Museum, which is real worth, really worth a visit. I went there myself a long time, a number of years ago. Uh, I look at the Irish Fulham Institute and I walk in the footsteps of such greats as the Rolling Stones and U2 at the iconic Windmill Lane recording studios. Uh, but apart from some fabulous concerts and plenty of Guinness and the crack at the places like the Victorian Palace Bar, we crowned it with a visit to see the ancient musical instruments in the archaeology uh, section of the National Museum there in Dublin. Alongside fearsome swords and battered shields with the bronze horns and rattles that uh, Celtic tribes would blow and shake to create fear uh, to their enemy at the start of many a gruesome battle. There are, uh, they are the first known metal music, uh, musical instruments in Ireland, preserved in bogs for more than 3,000 years. They struck me as the undeniable proof of the importance of music to the Irish, uh, the Irish heart and soul, in both war and peace throughout all this time. Pipers and boron uh, battle drums have also been used to create fear in foes and to propel Irish and warriors to even greater levels, uh, great lengths to, in levels of courage in the face of imminent death. May well have been uh, started there and even earlier with the discovery of a 4,000-year-old wooden Wicklow pipes, but is clearly continuing in the much less combative and far more entertaining sounds of Tradfest. So long may it rain. So that would be a bit of a treat to go to somewhere like that. And what have I got here? This is a piece from uh, the Irish Post, I think. Malachy O'Doherty. He's one of Ireland's leading political commentators and author of a number of books on the north of Ireland. Uh, He looks ahead to John Biden's visit to his ancestral home. Because I think uh, Joe Biden, where get John for? Joe Biden is... um, and the next trip over the, uh, you know, the UK and Europe, etc., etc. He's going to point. He's going to have a bit of spend a thirty days in Ireland, looking up the family history, etc., etc. Him and his entourage. Uh, anyway, I have, I'd love to have a wee word with uh, Joe Biden. He's planning a visit to Northern Ireland in April to celebrate the twenty fifth anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement that created uh, and shared power, devilled power, and shared. Yeah, shared power, which is kind of off and on at the moment. I can just visualise what he uh, he has in mind. Big enthusiastic rally for Friday of the World, media marking another historic breakthrough in peacemaking. And Joe, like Clinton before him, basking in the glory, taking a little modest credit for helping to make it happen. I'd rather he didn't. The historic uh, achievement of 1998 was that nationalists and unionists, Irish and British identifying parties, were persuaded to work together with guarantees that neither side could dominate the other. If a party wanted to stay in power, it had to treat its partner fairly. The ultimate veto against anything uh, the other side wanted to do didn't, uh, didn't actually happen. Currently, the Democratic Unionist Party is exercising its veto uh, and protest against something. The Assembly has uh, actually no power over, and that's uh, you know, the Brexit Agreement, which is... Uh, dragged on now for a long time and it's causing a lot of financial and social problems in the north of Ireland, you know, particularly among the lower paid and the working class, you know, visits to doctors and dentists and hospitals. Things have been put not quite on hold, but it's sort of, you know, a lot longer to wait for an operation than what it once was. Instead of a few weeks, now it's months and sometimes years depending on the situation. 
When Britain withdrew from the European Union two years ago, it agreed to a protocol. As we all know, this was necessary because Northern Ireland has a border with the EU. The Irish border, the Republic is still a member of the state, like I said. <clears throat> it's uh, the only English-speaking country now in the European Union, basically. I know they have Irish in Ireland, but uh, English is more spo- uh, widely spoken than Irish. Rather than uh, reinforce the Irish Labour, uh, rather land border, and the exacerbated relations in Northern Ireland, uh, the Irish Sea became a border along Northern Ireland to stay, in effect, uh, in the European single market. Unionists said that compromise, the union, that compromise union between Great Britain and Northern Ireland, and have withdrawn from stomach and protest, and they'll think that Northern Ireland is going to be sold out, basically. The power which the parties were given to crash the whole assembly, if the other side attempted to dominate them, has proven too easily to work. Too, uh, too handy a means of protest, but not just against partner parties, but also against the government in London. Uh, yes, particularly, you know, the Conservative government have been there for all that time. The hopes of 1998 were that these communities and their political representative uh, would form stronger relationships through working together for the common good. Instead, they have just shored up their opposition to each other. It is, it's just kind of shocking when I sort of read stuff that goes on, you know, when I read sort of the Belfast Telegraph, etc., et and other sort of Northern Irish papers, you know, to think that, you know, the Labour government in Britain at the time and the, the government in the Republic did a lot, a lot of work along with Bill Clinton and the Americans to actually get the, the Good Friday Agreement up and running. And now it's been messed about over something like the, yeah, the Brexit deal. And I can understand it to some degree because I think the vast majority of people in Northern Ireland voted, you know, to, to remain in the EU. It was only sort of the Conservatives in England in particular, I think it was England only, where they voted to, uh, you know, be allowed. And they had the, obviously the biggest population. They won the day. And I think it's something that they are now coming to regret in many ways, that, you know, because... If you're following the news at all or take a current, uh, an interest in current affairs, you will see that uh, the UK, and England particularly, is in a in crisis, really. It's in a bloody mess, you know. Anyway, I'll finish up with your other card here. Seven in ten Irish car buyers consider purchasing an electric vehicle. The majority of all Irish customers are uh, contemplating buying an electric vehicle. According to research uh, from uh, Dundee and the Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland, Figures released today show that 70% of Irish consumers are considering an electric vehicle as their next car purchase. However, concerns about the range of electric vehicle continue to be a hurdle for almost a quarter of the people. Survey of 1,000 found uh, car buyers uh, looking up the website and found that 2022 was the first year in ever in which an electric vehicle, the Volkswagen ID4, was the most in-demand vehicle in Ireland. Isn't that amazing? Uh... Unsigned demand for new and electric vehicles grew by 33%, while demand for diesel fell by 39%. A hybrid uh, vehicle uh, was the third most sought after uh, new car last year, while the Hyundai uh, an EV ranked fifth. With the supply of constraints on new uh, electric vehicles, used EVs may account for a large perception, uh, percentage of EV cars over the next decade. However, top of the list of concerns... Uh, around buyers uh, buying a, a used EV is how many years battery life they will have to use a concern for 83% of the people 
That's a reasonable point. Concerns over the range that a used ewe can achieve are uh, considered, you know, kind of dodgy, according to a lot of people. The psychological phenomenon of range anxiety ooh, was found to be a persistent uh, hurdle for Irish consumers. I guess what, you know, jump in and think it's, you're going to run out of power or, you know, keep moving. Uh, the Dundee survey also found that a majority uh, of people would like to buy one, but uh, price was also another uh, constraint as a uh, uh, quite expensive, it would seem. You know, out of the, not completely out of the league, but they're out of the league of a lot of uh, lower income people, as it were. And uh, it, is, it will be the future. But I think it'll be like everything else, eventually that price will come, you know, it's not about collapsing, but it, it will come down, etc., etc. And hopefully uh, people will be able to get their hands on a, a, a new vehicle or a second hand one that's, um, you know, emission free, etc., etc. Anyway, that's about all for me this week. And I hope you just have a wonderful weekend, okay? And enjoy the sunshine. And just be grateful you're not in Auckland where it's you know, going to be where it's nothing but devastation and rain and really bad, bad weather. And it's, you know, another cyclone was forecast that hit the North Island. Well, uh, the Northland, rather. And uh, Auckland in the Caramantel areas again. And that's really... That's good. We all suffer from that. I mean, they, they suffer you know, the damage, etc., etc. But at the end of the day, we all pay the cost of that. Insurance costs will be going up through the roof to cover all these, uh, you know, claims, etc., etc. Anyway, on that sad note, I will love you and leave you and uh, be kind and uh, take care. Okay? God bless. Bye. If you enjoy this NPR podcast, please consider subscribing. Our podcasts are available on all major podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify, as well as the accessmedia.nz app. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate.